You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. And today we're here with Adam Nathan. And Adam is CEO and founder of The Bartlett System, uh, which is a Brooklyn-based consultancy. Uh, and they're focused on KPIs and dashboards and alignment and helping leaders uh, make sure that they have focus um, and that everyone on their team has the same focus. So, Adam, welcome to the program. Oh, great to be here. Thanks, Bruce. This is probably one of my favorite subjects, <laughs> so we can geek out a little bit on dashboards and KPIs. But why don't we just kind of start with understanding a little bit about you and your background and, and how did you get to kind of today and, and doing what you're doing? Well, I would say my IT background goes back all the way to AOL, which probably dates me a bit. <laughs> but I, about 25 years ago, I started working uh, with data and databases. I moved away from JavaScripting and front-end stuff. And I realized that the data was really the foundation that big enterprise value was built around. And I ended up in what soon became called business intelligence. I built Iron Mountain, the yeah, offsite yeah. data protections, first data warehouse, yeah. brought in a big team and did that. It was a little bit of bluffing my way through it. Yeah. Um, for 12 years, I had a business intelligence consultancy firm, obviously working on the technology delivery side. Um, and I sold that company in early 2016, actually finished up last year. But the piece that has been the inspiration for the Bartlett system is just seeing the challenge that my former clients had getting value out of the data warehouses and the reporting and the analytics they were building and the challenges the teams that were building them had understanding what the, the big goals and yeah. direction of their companies were. Yeah. And so today you're focused. So tell us a little bit about who you work with today and, and what kind of solutions or what kind of problems you typically help them with. Sure. So I'm just started this year, I, I would say, to representative clients. One was working with the CEO of an international um, software company that was moving into a new strategy and needed to be able to articulate that strategy, both for the leadership, uh, the managers and the employees more broadly and stepping through the process of defining that strategy, figuring out the key questions that needed to be answered to be successful, and then turning that into KPIs that could be shared with the organization. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that process, because I think there is, there's a couple topics there. There's data and kind of business intelligence. There's KPIs and how do I, you know, sort of the different types of KPIs and how do I choose the KPIs that I'm going to focus on? And then there's kind of the alignment and how how do you really get a leadership team or, or a team behind a particular set of KPIs or, or, or work with them to figure out what their KPIs really should be? So the data side, you know, my, my, one of my favorite kind of data quotes is that the average American has one testicle and one ovary, right? So like, how do we go from data being, you know, just lots and lots of information that we can slice and dice in all sorts of all sorts of different ways, but how do we go from it being kind of raw data to actually useful information? Like what are the things or the problems or the processes that you see in that process? It's a great question. I'll start with the way people typically do it, which yeah. I think it's always is the worst way, which is somebody's in charge with find us KPIs, 
So we can become data-driven. We'll have a data-driven culture. And they take their industry, they go out online, and they find 700 different possible (laughs) KPIs. Some people try to fit them all into a single dashboard. Others decide and kind of often IT is doing it, kind of handpick and groom the KPIs they'll use. It's built into a, let's even call it a beautiful dashboard that then about three weeks in, nobody's using. Um, <laughs> yes. So for me, the KPIs are the last part of delivering the chain of value. The, the most critical thing, I think, is at the top of the organization to understand what their strategy really is. Mm-hmm. First of all, to be able to model it out. And by model it out and, and explain it to a leadership team, I don't mean to have 60 page PowerPoint that you can kind of say, here's our strategy. It's for the leader of an organization to get up in front of a whiteboard and be able to show on one whiteboard, this is what we're doing. These are our customers. This is our value prop. This is how we work with partners and so on. Mm-hmm. Until an organization, tell a leader of an organization can do that, we're nowhere near the KPIs to help that CEO do anything. But when that's articulated, which is already its own accomplishment, you can then look at that and say, well, there's a thousand performance questions related to every facet of this. Mm -hmm. But some of them are really, really key questions. Forget about how we measure them. Some of them are just, what do we really need to know about how this business is running? I think reducing those questions down to seven or eight, let's just say under 10, to a memorizable set of questions that we decide we most want to focus on yeah. is, is kind of part two. And then part three is to look at those with the leadership team and others to say, if these are the questions that the leader of the organization is trying to answer, what are the ways we can effectively measure these so that everyone else in the organization can then create initiatives, innovate around them and respond to those mm-hmm. So the strategy, the key questions, measurement last. The KPIs are, are the caboose of this process. Hmm. Interesting. So I, I like that idea that before we really figure out what even data we want to try to collect or even KPIs that we want to try to formulate is what, what are those strategic kind of choices that we're going to make? So if, if I feel as a leadership team, if we decide that our strategy is going to focus on providing very high levels of customer service, then we identify that you know our, our online and call center service is going to be really how we're going to differentiate ourselves in the market. We decide that that's what customers are really looking for. So the CEO can get up on the board and say that customer service is our key strategic initiative, and we're looking at call center and online customer service, and then we can put a whole bunch of sort of initiatives or parameters around what our objectives around those. Like Once we have that, then we can start to look at some of the data and some of the KPI things. What might be some KPIs, or if, if that was an example of a leadership team's decisions, how would you start to look at the KPIs around things like that? Like, what are some examples or what's the process look like? Well, it's a, right now, there's, it's the tendency, I want to rush to give you some, and I will give you some. Um, <laughs> but if the strategy is to differentiate the company by how the service to customers is rendered, because let's just say everything else is equal with our competitors. Yep. All we have left right now is how our customers relate to us. At that point, you might bring the leadership together or the key managers around this and say, is our customer satisfaction score, is that accurately, accurately reflect this? Does one-time resolution on problems and questions, is that the best way to measure it? Is 
average call wait time? Like, what is the key piece? Yeah. And then when you dig into this kind of problem, and I have actually, for an example, I've been putting together for online, your strategy might not be super pleased, whatever that that frame is, super pleased the customer that mm-hmm. you're delighting them in everything. Because, for example, some people have found that's not really the differentiator of people buying. What yeah. the differentiator is not having negative experiences. Yeah. So the goal may be the fewest dissatisfied people rather than the, rather than the number of people that are just fawning over how great it is and yeah. then 10 out of 10 and everything. Yeah. So having this, the leadership figure out the strategy of hitting that number is key too. Yeah. It's almost in, in tech. I mean, I, you know, I came out of the tech space as well, and we always had this phrase, definition of done. Like what, what is the definition of done on a particular feature or feature set? And in this case, it's almost like, what is the definition of success? Like when we say, okay, yes, we want to focus on customer satisfaction, you know, the customer experience, like, well, how, like, how do we, how do we know that we've done that? Is it, you know, the number of exceptional experiences? Is it the number of negative experiences minimizing that? Like, so, and there's, there is uh, sort of, if I was from Boston, I would say wicked details uh-huh. <laughs> you know, in, in there that can really change the way we really approach this whole thing. And I could see that really sets up then sort of this conversation of, okay, well, now, now that we've defined success in very objective terms or very specific terms, then we can start looking at what data can we collect. I guess, do you find that there are sometimes areas where you can collect data and create KPIs and then other areas where you just can't? I mean, is, is there a little bit of a, we end up focusing on the things that we can measure easily as well as the things that we want to measure? A couple questions in there. One yeah. to the, the last piece. I think we love questions that we can get our transactional systems to yeah. give us data for. But there are a lot of qualitative questions that are just as legitimate that can be tracked in other ways. It won't bother going to examples, but sometimes you have to be creative about answering questions in other ways. Yeah. Market research obviously obviously does that. Yeah. You you asked something great a second ago. The um, <laughs> uh, definition of success. Yeah. Um, well, so like, how do you know if it's a, I, I do a lot of work with um, K-12 and schools. And if your definition of success is every child graduates uh, from college, uh, what is it, cum laude or whatever. Yeah. Well, I suppose that's one definition of success, but kind of in a continuous improvement framework, you might say, let's be, X percent better than we are now. We believe this is attainable. I have a little question, which is if you had to bet $1,000 of your own money on whether you could do this, do you believe in this goal? Are you just putting a goal up there that, that sounds great and we can all get out of this meeting? But benchmarking are very realistic if we have any sense of how our competitors are doing in that. I don't think it's an exact science. I like that. I, I, um, I carry a $100 bill around in my wallet for for my meetings when we get into that like we're discussing something and it's like okay look i pull out the hundred dollars like i'm gonna bet you a hundred dollars on this like what odds are you willing to give me it's exactly that yeah you want to get into that like how confident are you and if we're gonna put real money on the table i I don't have a thousand dollar bill so (laughs) (laughs) so i i think the idea of of continuous improvement maybe we talk about this because i think one of the things about kpis that i think ends up coming up in the discussion is sort of the types of KPIs. And, you know, having everyone graduate sort of sigma cum laude is 
you know, kind of this end result, but the can we get 2% better or 3% better in the next quarter or in the next year is a little bit more short term, a little more process. Like how, how do you kind of map or how do you kind of categorize the different types of KPIs that you can put out there and, and, and how they kind of relate to what you're trying to measure, what you're trying to do with those measurements to inspire kind of change and, and improvement on the team? So what are the different classes of metrics and yeah. then how did those roll down? Well, everything is not a KPI that's a performance metric. Okay. So and, and that's a really important that, yeah. distinction. Yeah. The, I think the most useful way of looking at KPIs are those are the key strategic outcomes that we're betting on as achieving our large, our mission, our mission results. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get a certain percentage of market share. We think customer service will do it, cutting the costs of freight, whatever whatever those pieces are. So those true KPIs sit at the top level and evaluate the strategy itself. Okay. Underneath those, let's say the example would be losing weight. The okay, true sure. KPI is what is your weight on the scale? Yeah. It doesn't tell you how you do it. Yeah. It doesn't have any idea yet. Uh, the doctor just said lose weight, yeah. right? The performance metrics that then live underneath that are And it could be, again, it's by individual. I'll use my own. After dinner, stay out of that refrigerator. Count. Uh, uh, um, That's a key thing. A certain amount of exercise a week. Do I run three times a week? The, so there may be different things we can measure that we believe are the drivers on that. And you can probably decompose those down even further, but everybody's eye needs to stay on that top level KPI. And if all of the performance metrics I'm doing to target are still not moving my bathroom scale, well, then I need to rethink. I probably don't have the right set of performance. Something's amiss in your model. You're not you're not getting the root cause in your. And that's okay because now you can see it. The beauty of a measure measurement based system is you have insight into what you're trying. You have a pretty stable set of things about how you're proceeding. It's not ad hoc and you can fix it. Yeah. So it's an interesting story I have around the weight one because the weight one is a good analogy in terms of the weight itself is kind of this end goal. It's the it's the end result that we're looking for. And I tracked all of this stuff around how often I was working out and how much I was lifting or running and you know how much I was eating and calories and all these things. And what I found, the model that ended up working me for me the best was how much was I sleeping? Because I realized that sleeping was this kind of very early factor and all these other things. If I if I slept well, it means I went to the gym. If I went to the gym, then I would tend to eat much better during the day. I wouldn't be eating out of being tired. I would be eating out of trying to nourish my body. And then I figured out that the real thing was, is the thing that determined my sleep was what time I went to bed. So I ended up setting alarms for myself at around 10 o'clock. And that was my, okay, the day is done. And I'd start my half hour routine to get to bed. So I was asleep by 1030. And and it took a while to kind of experiment this stuff to find this early indicator. But that that is what ended up being kind of this cascade effect through all these other things. And then I could just measure that one thing. And it was just that, that thing that I needed to figure out how to do. And it's, it's beautiful. That's, yeah. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, no, it's, it's what I use. I mean, I, I use it as an example when I'm working with teams on this issue, because I think they end up tracking a lot of things that are not root cause. They're, they're, and they're kind of corollary. They're not really causal. So that if we can figure out what are the causal things that are that they can actually have control over and do to make changes in the final metric that they're trying to move is, is really the, the key and the art of this whole thing. And the beauty is I'm really a whiteboard guy. 
to me. <laughs> if you can, whiteboards are where stories happen and explanation and alignment. If you just took that, I won't forget that. You just gave me a thing, pretend sleeping was a team. Everybody on the team knows that's what we're about. Focus on that. Calories, eh, that's probably not the main thing. Yes, we're going to be aware of it, but we are on the sleep team because, man, there is no better guide than that. Um, And that's what the innovation and the intelligence of an organization, particularly in more front lines they are with people, have insight to that will then drive the KPI of sleep, which will drive the mission of health. Yeah. Um, So so it seems like there's this process or this stage of you know, yes, figuring out what kind of results do we want to generate? What are the things that we measure that are going to, going to impact those results? Then the sort of more practically, like how do you actually set up these dashboards? Like what are some common practices or best practices that you have in terms of helping teams actually look at the numbers on a regular basis and make that part of their rhythm, part of their decision-making process? Two pieces. One's kind of a top-down piece and one is a response. The top-down piece is again, because I like to work right from the CEO or an executive director, is how they incorporate those numbers into their meetings. Yeah. That there's some discipline and rigor. It's like your sleep thing. How this is the thing we want to be aware of. We are constantly going back to the story of we got to get to bed on time. Are we doing that? And the shared sense of there's a small set of things we really care about, that that's then carried from leadership team down to managers and so on. So I think some of it's just management practice and communication. The other side is, I think when projects are framed and initiatives are built out and software is purchased, that when people are doing those things, they're doing them with the North Star of how is this really affecting what we most care about in this organization? Not necessarily department thing and we like a better CRM, but is this going to create more value for our customers? Is it Mm-hmm. that there's an actual needle they're trying to move. And you, you said something a little while ago around how do you know when you're successful? I think when projects are framed with a vision for what success will look like for this amount of investment, this ROI, this bottom-up entrepreneurial approach to moving key performance metrics is the challenge I see, particularly in IT, responding to things. Yeah. They don't know what number this whole project is supposed to move. They get to build a data warehouse or they get to work on the product software. And I think when you really know what the organization's trying to do, then when you frame a project, you're saying success will look like this. Failure will look like that. This is what we're going to do with the business. Everybody's on this together. It's like Shark Tank preparation. And everybody knows what the North Star is. That is not what goes on most of the time out there. Yeah. Having been on the other side of that, build it, building lots of systems without a real clear idea of why we're building this, but we'll build it and you know, we'll build a great system around it. I guess, how do you do that? So is this, is this a document? I mean, I'm, I'm you know, thinking about companies who are complex enough where it's not, you know, everyone's working in the same room and the CEO can just kind of speak to everyone. Like, how, how do you communicate this or how have you seen CEOs or leadership teams, leaders inside companies effectively communicate out to, you know, potentially teams, departments, individuals that are, are beyond arm's reach on these things in terms of being able to describe, you know, what it is we're trying to do, what does success look like, what is the purpose and the mission that we're on? That question is why the Bartlett system exists. I believe that when you can get the company's mission to seven to nine major strategic and everybody can walk into the office and see what those are very crisply, you actually have an alignment tool at the heart of your organization that isn't hierarchical. It's like, this is what we're about. 
Yeah. We're about 4.5 Amazon stars on our products. We're about our warranty, percentage of costs of warranty related to sales being 2%. Those are all the ways we're making a dent in the world. And everybody who walks into that entryway looks over the receptionist desk and goes, wow, okay, we're hitting it. We're not hitting yeah. it. It's the CEO's dashboard, but really it's the company's dashboard. Yeah, I like that. And, I, and the Christmas, <laughs> I find, is, is a lot of that and how to describe them, even write them. I mean, not that we need to kind of market copyright them, but at least write them in a way that we're communicating not just the data we're trying to collect, but what is the impact that we want to have. I think is a key. And I, the ones that I see that it work well, there's a certain yeah, sort of Christmas, well-articulated idea within each KPI that people get. And that it's, it's, uh, they can say, oh, okay, I can see why we're doing these things and I see how they correlate and how they're, they're driving. What are some of the common mistakes that you see you know, companies make in this process? You, know, you mentioned the ones earlier, it's that they just kind of, they look at all the data they have and they figure out all the, all the KPIs. You know, they go to kpilibrary.com, I think is one of my favorite ones. And there's you know, literally 100,000 KPIs you can pull out of that one. Uh, so common mistakes. The KPI library does have a million KPIs, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of them are great, yeah. but you don't know whether they're right for your business. So mistakes, and I'll go through a few. If you don't have questions before you start solving things, in other words, you're not sure. I think the whole point of a dashboard is to answer something, not to help you navigate and find it. I think the second thing, treating a dashboard as a data navigation tool. IT loves building these 78 filters. You can see everything in the database. If you just slice it right, you can drill down, particularly for executives. They don't have the time to do that. And if they'll look at it the first week and go, wow, this is you built me a 747, but they'll never be able to look at it under a minute and do anything. Letting IT pick the KPIs (laughs) a lot of time. And you know know why IT picks the KPIs? Because they can't get the attention of the business. (laughs) We just want to get the project done. (laughs) We got to get the project done. And they know where the data is. I think they don't know how to respond to the data in IT, but often there's a lot of analysts and people in IT who know where to find all the data. So in some ways, that's a dangerous knowledge because you feel like you understand the business because you know where the data is. A few more here, there. I have seven of these. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only at three or four. So, um. what is, talk to me about the leadership team because I think that the I certainly see challenges. You know, working with a lot of leadership teams where there's there hasn't consistency or agreement hasn't been built or consensus hasn't been developed around some of these KPIs. How do you how do you deal with that? Do you do you suggest kind of moving forward with a rough model? Do you really kind of push for a high degree of consensus and commitment around things before you move forward? How, how do you deal with that alignment? issue on the leadership team. Alignment is like my focusing people and creating alignment are like my mission. Um, So the place to start on that is to help a leadership team recognize how different their understanding of the business actually is. So if you start with the CEO, you put everybody in separate rooms like a police lineup and you ask the CEO, (laughs) who's the customer? What's the value proposition? What are our key activities, resources, costs we're worried about? How do we monetize, et cetera? You ask all those, you can build a map of what the CEO thinks the company is. If you then ask those exact same questions to suspect one through seven in separate (laughs) rooms um, without even identifying who did different answers, you can come back and show the Venn diagram of circles is all over the place. Uh, We don't agree on who the customer is. No, we don't. So to see it is often often to have almost a, a knowing laugh at your disconnect. Like, how can we be in these same meetings and have 
and not even understand who our customer is. Yeah. So I think recognition of the disconnect is like a magic trick. You can almost do this with any leadership team and come back and go, uh-huh, you guys don't, you're not working in the same business. Yeah. I think from there, again, the KPIs are the last part of that cycle. I think the CEO, I actually really believe this, the CEO sets the large strategy of the organization. This is what we're doing. Fundamentally, this is how our business model works Mm -hmm. until we change it. And the next level down of what are our most important questions, that's a little bit of a leadership. Now we're moving into input from everyone. Mm -hmm. If the business model is framed, those questions then can be a shared agreement among the leadership team. Everybody will have their own, but if they're working on them together, you can reasonably distill those down. And if the leadership team can't decide on them unanimously, it's the CEO's call then to resolve. Yeah. Okay. So now we at least we might have some people sulking in the corner that they didn't (laughs) they didn't get their question. Yeah. And they could be right. Six months from now you might go there. But now the move to how do we measure those things at least has the foundation of we agree on what we're solving for. Yeah. There's a beautiful exercise of creating an empty conference room with butcher block paper. And you can write out the key performance. I haven't done this. I am determined to do this because it's so yeah. it's such a, a powerful idea for alignment. You write the questions out and you let people visit the room almost like an art gallery and write how they believe the KPI should be measured. And people oh, just for a week or two, people can come in there and contribute and read and go, oh, I like this one. And there's a collective sense. This is very Bruce, by the way. <laughs> this is a, um, have a collective participation and sense of it being a living thing where we come down to those. So there's a shared sense of it. It isn't like you pick the KPIs. I don't like the numbers. I disagree. You're counting the wrong thing and it's not right anyway. My team isn't going to do it. You're bringing people along on that journey. Yeah. I like the uh, kind of the asynchronous evolution of those of the answers that so rather than trying to come up with a half an hour in a meeting room with everyone kind of intensely that you just let it, you let it sort of sit and percolate yeah. and people kind of interact and, and, uh, it doesn't get so positional. Yeah. Like yeah. you're wrong just because you're wrong. Yeah. And that's, and that's the hard part. I mean, you want, you want to get enrollment and buy-in, you know, so that people are behind these things. The, you know, on the flip side, you do need decisiveness and you need action. So, you know, that, that's always one of the challenges on a leadership team is how, do, how do you kind of deciding how to decide? <laughs> Isn't that, In, that, uh, that challenge. Another piece that comes up is, I don't know that there's a perfect solution for this. People being threatened by being measured. Yeah. The truth is KPIs measure things and they measure performance and they measure how effectively problems are being approached. And so there's a huge, sometimes like, oh, no, no, it's not to measure performance at all. It's like, well, <laughs> not exactly. Um, if your batting average is 210, Yep. You can say, well, this is really about taking more time in the batting cage, but it's also that you're batting 210 and we got to bench you. So I don't know how to step around that. I think making the process and the way that the numbers approached being front and center more than just the outcome being key, but people feeling safe, as safe as possible is key. And that message is sent from the top down. Yeah. Adam, if people want to find out more about you, the Bartlett system, have questions from this conversation, best way to contact you, more, get more information, where would people go? So the best way is to reach me directly. I'm on bartlettsystem.com. You'll find my number. Since you're listening to the show, I'll actually give cell number out. <laughs> my personal number is cell number is 425-891-4925. And then um, I'm assuming there's not 30,000 
listening to this. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe they are, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> when they go into the vintage pile. Exactly. And then my email is really simple. Adam at BartlettSystem.com. Awesome. And oh. call me. I would. I love yeah. this work. I love to talk through people's uh, business strategies and these questions. And let's get on the phone. Perfect. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure those are in the show notes so people can uh, click through and, and get those there. Adam, this has been a pleasure. I love, like I said, this is one of my favorite topics. This has been a great conversation. I think we had some really good ones. I appreciate the time. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Bruce, for having me on. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.